What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Chumps to Champs Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 24. Right now, September 3rd, I believe, guys. Thursday, September 3rd. One week away from the NFL season beginning. I'm Danny Lutz. I'm here with Matt Frederick and Scott Trosky. What's going on, guys? Oh, my God. The news that's piling out right now. Just every day. It's crazy. <laughs> and I'm just going to lead us into it by saying, my boy found a home. Oh, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that Fournette was still in the NFL. But hey, <laughs> we yeah, got a good like he, episode. He can probably keep the same house in Florida, right? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, so. How far away is Tampa and Jacksonville? Uh, probably like six. In minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like six months. <laughs> they have two teams down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, great show today, guys. It's a fun one. do 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 the Chumps Awards, first annual. We're going to go through all of our favorite picks for this year. Um, it's going to be a good one. I'm really excited about this one. But first, let's, let's just dig right in to these news and notes, because like Matt said, there's a lot of them. Scott, tell us about Leonard Fournette and how you feel about his new home. You know what? I know they already had several running backs there in Tampa Bay, but I think he's going to walk in and immediately be the guy maybe it takes a week or two to learn the playbook a little bit but I think he's just too talented and they're not going to bring him in if they have confidence in the other guys or think one of the other guys is going to step up and be a bell cow back or lead them to a division title or more so I think he's going to come in he's going to do great and that team is now just stacked at every position it's insane Mm -hmm. I they just went up significantly in my favorite in terms of uh, how they're going to finish the year. Oh, but you didn't hear Bruce Arians. He, he came out and said, Ronald Jones is still their guy, right? Yeah. You heard that, right? I heard that. I heard him say that. <laughs> yeah. I heard him say that yeah, to people no. out loud. <laughs> That's bullshit. Uh, I'm, first of all, I'm going to claim that I called this bad boy. And, yes, you um, did. If you guys did. want proof, just go back to last episode. I was and, listening to the ESPN radio, and then they said, the best homes would be Jacksonville or Tampa, or I mean, New England or Tampa Bay. I'm like, hey, that's what me and Matt said. Yeah, <laughs> I said Buffalo. <laughs> and obviously, I I love this landing spot. I think this team is really on a all in uh, agenda this year, and that's why they got Fournette. You mentioned they have a lot of guys that can run a committee, but Fournette can win them Super Bowl. So. In my eyes, it's not going to be a committee. There are some naysayers out there that think, oh, this is bad for him. He's just going to fall in the committee. He's not going to get over 250 touches. I think bullshit. I think this team is going to be way more productive than Jacksonville. He's going to find the end zone finally and really show us like how productive of a fantasy player he can be. And yeah, maybe he's capped at like 250 touches, but I think he's going to be a great fantasy player at that level. Yeah. I think at the beginning of the season, at least, it is going to be timeshare-like. As he gets acclimated to the new system, I think we are going to see a lot of Ronald Jones at the beginning of the year. And I think we're, we're, we're going to see some LaShawn McCoy mixed in there some as well, which is weird. Do you guys remember that he's on the... I forgot. I legit forgot yeah. until the signing that... Oh, yeah, that guy. At the beginning of the season, I think it's going to be a mix. So if you have Leonard Fournette and you're like, well, what the hell? It's a split. It's 50-50 or something like that. I think eventually we're going to see the cream rise at the top and Leonard Fournette will start getting the ball way, way more. So stick with it for the first few weeks because it's going to look like a committee for a little while, right? 
but yeah, that's not a bad, that's not a bad spot for him. And Matt did call it. So good for him, I guess. More news from today. Josh Gordon. Remember that guy? Ooh. Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon signs with the Seattle Seahawks for, I guess, round two up there in the Pacific Northwest. I thought you meant in the NFL. It's like, it's like round eight. <laughs> right, right. It's your round two just in Seattle. What is your interest in Josh Gordon now that he signed with the Seahawks? Have you guys made moves in your leagues? Or if you are going to draft, are you going to draft him at the end of your, your draft? I was a little overzealous. Um, like I mentioned throughout this podcast, I always like to have that one interchangeable spot on my bench that I throw the hot guy, the big pickup, the breakout candidate. And I took that one spot and just filled it in with Josh Gordon in all my leagues. I saw it right when it broke. So now I own Josh Gordon in all my leagues. And you know what? It's, it's a high upside bench stash. It's not going to be great at the beginning of the year. <laughs> it might take an injury to get him to find meaningful playing time. But my God, there's upside. And, uh, and I can easily just drop him and move on if I like somebody else more. Yeah, what does that do for Lockett and Metcalf in your perspective? It seems like I, there's going to be less touchdowns for those guys and receptions if everything works out. Uh, this move doesn't mean very much to me. I say it doesn't uh, help. In no it way does, it helps. It, does, it doesn't help, but it doesn't move the bar for Lockett or Metcalf for me. Um, I, I just, I, I'm not into it. I, 2013 was when Josh Gordon was oh my god 1600 yards and like nine or ten touchdowns and a hundred and got a crazy amount of targets receptions everything like that that was seven years ago and he was like 22 or 23 years old now he's pushing 30 years old 29 danny 29 i said pushing i said pushing 30 a lot of weed later and a lot of suspensions later here we are i think i think this helps russell wilson a lot i think you gotta think that he has the body of a 23 or 24 year old with how preserved it's been. Right. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I suppose. Um, and now you can smoke weed in the NFL. Is that correct? They, I, I don't know if it's really encouraged, but I don't <laughs> think you, you get penalized for it. Anymore. They don't want you to, but it's fine. I There's guess boxes of joints in the locker room. Hey, smoke up Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> they encouraged it. Not only are we allowing it, we want you on it, okay? Hurry, <laughs> day. Hurry, damn day. Yeah, I guess do what you want. I guess if you're in a league with Matt, you can't do anything about it, but uh, we'll see. We'll see if you can play 16. Um, uh, those are kind of the major news, but there's some other stuff. Chargers say that Tyrod Taylor is going to start the beginning of the season, and he may start all of the season. Are you impressed? Did you see this coming? I mean, we know Justin Herbert wasn't going to start, but they said he might do the whole year, and let Herbert watch until next year that doesn't yeah, surprise me with a young quarterback give him some time to learn from somebody i mean tyra taylor he showed glimpses of being good and it's not like they're in my opinion competing for anything significant this year it's just so, weird that he that he, they came out and even mentioned that he could be it all year well why even say it i mean we I mean, I think that was the word from the beginning. I remember right when we were breaking down divisions, it was, yeah, Tyrod's likely going to start the season. I guess that's the only news here. And there was always a chance he'd, he'd be the quarterback this season. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're really firmly saying anything. They're just like, oh, yeah, we'll see. I, I can't believe we didn't even start with the most shocking news of the day. Uh, it was breaking this afternoon. The New England Patriots announced that their starting quarterback for this year is going to be Cam Newton. 
I don't think it's that shocking again. Oh my god. That was definitely going to happen, even though there's a little bit of Belichick speak earlier. Um, not one person, not <laughs> one person on this planet thought that this wasn't going to be the news. Even Jared Stidham was like, <laughs> "Yeah, you should start." <laughs> and and they announced this, and that he's going to be the captain as well. So it's not like <laughs> it didn't seem like he would be yeah. the starting quarterback. I'm starting to like Cam Newton more and more in my head for fantasy. I'm as remembering a those. No. <laughs> well, A, as a fashion designer and as a football player, he was really good back in 2015. So if we can reclaim some of that, I'm into it. Are you interested in Cam Newton? Not so much putting him on my bench, but I see the upside. If your quarterback you do have isn't uh, someone you're super confident or isn't showing up the first couple of weeks and he's still sitting there. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a guy that's not on a lot of teams right now and has huge upside. For him to stick on my team, I'd have to want to stream him one week and him really explode, and then I just keep riding him out. And then if he keeps doing well, then he'll stay on my team. But that's <laughs> the, the only moment way. he goes bad, <laughs> out of there. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't see myself picking him up as a bench stash so that I can start him if he does well, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be a, a plug-and-chug thing that maybe – gets prolonged is all i'm saying yeah for me it would be seeing consistent rushing stats from cam newton you know what i mean like i don't see him as like a very accurate passer an amazing pocket presence if he all of a sudden started running and started busting out 60 yards a game and a touchdown on the ground and then threw the ball like he did back in 2015 when he won mvp then i'd be like okay his his legs are fine that's where i think he's going to disappoint because he's like pushing 30 now i mean the dude has always been a pansy when it comes to injuries like he stubs his toe and he's out four weeks so cam if you're listening that was matt (laughs) (laughs) that was not us i'm I'm, uh vetting his age he's 31 cam is 31 goo he's older than shit uh, younger than me. Uh, speaking of the New England Patriots, Damian Harris may miss week one, the second-year guy who had all kinds of buzz over the last week or two about him taking over this role in New England and he's taking the first-team reps and stuff. He might not even start. Ugh. It just Does that just muddy the waters even more? Now I don't even know if I want to touch the Patriots' backfield. When did you ever want to touch the Patriots' backfield? It is always know. the best rule of thumb to stay the hell away. Yeah. Except for James White. He's always safe in no, PPR no, leagues. No, still, no. Still stay away. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alvin Kamara update. He actually, he's at practice now. Still no extension, so keep your eyes peeled uh, for that if you're entering your drafts this weekend. And I guess the last little bit of news is Jadavion Clowney. He has not signed with anyone yet. New Orleans Saints and Tennessee Titans seem to be the top candidates for signing him. Uh, They're really going after him hard. And then all of a sudden, Scott, your Jaguars popped in there to try to get him. So if they sign Jadavian Clowney, I don't understand what your boys in Jacksonville are trying to accomplish. (laughs) Yeah, let's dump everybody then spend too much on Clowney. I think it's literally like six drunk guys in a room with a spin wheel, and each one has like released this guy. (laughs) bid on this guy and they just spin it every day and see what the hell comes up 
Yeah. I like to imagine kind of like that one episode of South Park where all the dolphins like move little balls into an arrangement. And then it's like one ball is like release. And then the next one is Fournette. And yeah. it's like, oh, shit, we got to re- release Fournette. <laughs> the dolphins have spoken. Yeah. They do that for the March Madness, too. Like, which food is the dog going to pick to eat? Well, then I'll take Colgate University over Duke. And then it happens. That's really the the big news of the day. Um some notes to like i was gonna say some notes to note <laughs> that wouldn't make any sense that's not good words i get um, what you're spitting at yeah i get the job you're laying down notes ahead of this weekend uh, we're getting really really close and rosters are getting trimmed 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 and they got to get down to a 53 man roster by 4 p.m eastern time on saturday just something to keep in mind that rosters will be done by saturday uh, anyone that goes on IR by that time on Saturday is officially out for the 2020 season. And um, there'll be 16 practice squad spots. I think that's increased from the past because of COVID. I'm not positive Usually on that. 10, but... isn't it? 10 or 11? Yeah, they, they were going to increase it just in case these pop up COVID. Oh, my God, this guy's positive. Just more people in the pool to pick from. There's a lot of peas. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and if they do start on the pup list, the physically unable to perform, they enter the season on the pup list. They cannot come back till after week six. So something to note from there, but you guys got anything else pending to tell the champs about before we head into the good stuff? Uh, no, Danny. Good job. Thanks. It's time for the chump awards. (laughs) Yeah. We don't even need music. We just have Matt busting, <laughs> busting it out on the mic. Was the uh, the final countdown? By the way, <laughs> we know. We, we, I picked we up do. on that. Yeah, yeah, we got it. We got it right away. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, My wow. noises are recognizable. Yeah. So we got three sections, uh, categories, sections. Yeah, we'll go with three sections. There's going to be a total of 11 different awards that are going to be put up, and each, myself, Matt, and Scott are all going to nominate or basically make our pick for these really, really prestigious awards. Uh, The three sections are NFL teams, fantasy standouts, and then our Baby Bubba section, our favorite guys. Baby Bubba. Oh, Baby Bubbas. So let us start with the NFL team section. So, guys, Chump Awards. Let us begin. Most likely to go from worst to first in their division. Which one of you guys wants to go first? I can Matt, go, go first. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think this one's a pretty obvious candidate, and that would be my D- Detroit Lions. Good pick. Um, good pick. Good pick. I think it's an easy one because Stafford is back and healthy. Uh, Galladay's still stud. They improved their rushing game. Uh, OC's there another year. Blah, blah, blah. The list, the list goes on and on. And Detroit fans will know that that's just what you call drinking the Kool-Aid. But uh, that's what I'm doing here. I think they're going to be great this year. Their division doesn't look that tough. I don't think the Vikings are going to be as much to reckon with in the past. I don't like the Green Bay Packers or think they're going to be as much as they were in the past. And the Bears are the Bears. I was going to say the Bears are the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, I really like the Lions' chances uh, to really go from worst to first this year. And let's not forget, they looked great at the beginning of the year last year until like week four. 
when mm-hmm. like everything came crumbling down. So I'm pretty excited for it. Scott, do you think that the Lions can win every game 50 to 49? <laughs> is, is that going to be possible? Seems unlikely. Uh, Barry Sanders is making a return. I I do like the pick. Honestly, that would have been that would have been mine if uh, Matt hadn't locked and loaded it. Uh, no. But they are going to have to figure out their defense. I don't think there's any questions on the offense. I really do think this offense is going to be brilliant. It's just that defense that's got to you got to work it out. But Scott, your NFL team jumping. I have first. The Arizona Cardinals. We That's know that they added Hopkins. I'm not as big on San Francisco this year. I'm not thinking they're going to be as good as they were. I think they got a tough schedule. I'm not as huge of a fan of them. And I think Seattle's the top dog right now that Arizona's going to be competing with. You got Murray, who's got a year under his belt, where at the end of the or the back half of the season last year, that team looked like they were making huge strides and they were looking good. They were scoring points on the regular. As that rolls into this season, I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. We all aren't real big on the Rams. I mean, they started to look better the second half last year or two. But I just think the pieces are there. They had the, like I said, they, they were on an uptrend. They kind of were figuring it out and they added freaking Hopkins to the mix. So their team's only how much better now. So I could see them making a good run for that division title. Mm-hmm. So my chump award for most likely to go to from worst to first, the first team that I wanted to pick was Detroit. Matt did that. And then my second team was Arizona and Scott took that. So that, le- that left <laughs> six <laughs> teams that are not good, but I, I went with what I think could in some world happen. Okay. The AFC East for the first time in like 20 years is going to be up for grabs. So I think the Miami Dolphins have a chance if things break right, a lot of things break right, to win the AFC East. So the Patriots, we know that they are a different team. Tom Brady's gone. We would imagine even with Cam Newton, they're going to take a step back. Buffalo. You know we love you, Buffalo, but it is possible that Josh Allen collapses in on himself like a dying star. And then you've got... Good science reference. I like it. <laughs> and then you got the Jets. And there you go. So what if Ryan Fitzpatrick becomes the star that he has been where he just starts gunning that thing around, throws 5,000 yards. Devontae Parker's a star. Matt Breida and Jordan Howard are a the the new San Francisco backfield where they're just both just hammering teams down and then their defense figures it out. It's possible that you can win that division at nine and seven. So I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. Would you guys, what percentage chance do you think there is of that actually happening? Mm, one. Not much. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I like, I like the Bills opportunity to really take this division and I think the Patriots are still going to put together a pretty competitive team. Um, Dolphins are always a candidate to knock off the Patriots one game on some crazy ass win. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Jets are going to be much competition, but I don't see the <laughs> right. Dolphins getting first in this division at all. The Jets are the Bears of the AFC East. Would you agree <laughs> or disagree with that statement? Yeah. 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 All right. 
Jump award number two, most likely to go from first to worst. You guys didn't see that one coming, did you? So, most likely to go from worst to first. Matt, no, would sorry. you like to begin? No, this, this is first to worst. First to worst, you just said it wrong. Most likely to go from first to worst. <laughs> Matt, go ahead. Um, and although I just uh, defended them a little bit, uh, I'm going with New England because, uh, first of all, ever since 2001, don't love the Patriots, but also they got so many things changing there. There's no more Brady. I guess we'll see if he was really a system quarterback and Belichick's really a genius, but I don't, I don't think they can pull the pieces up. Like we mentioned earlier, they got cam now, but when he was really effective, he could run a lot and he's a lot older now. I don't see it working out great for him this year. I think they're going to struggle a little bit to find their feet again. And it's going to be hard for them to go to worst in this division with the Jets and Dolphins in it too, which is why the Patriots were always just top dogs in this. This division's been garbage for a while besides them, but there's a chance though. So out of all the first place teams last year, I think they have the best chance to go to worst. It would have been, let me say this now, it would have probably been Houston if the Jaguars weren't such a garbage fire. (laughs) There, There you go. That's a good point. Scott, go ahead. Yeah, I had New England written down as well and i'm not gonna reiterate too much of the same stuff that matt just said so i'm gonna wing it and go with what would have been my second pick okay and and that's san francisco okay he's doing it live i'm (laughs) just going for it baby just let it roll off the tongue and that's just because looking at a lot of the divisions the nfc west has i mean there's four teams of seattle obviously good Arizona, I just talked about them, have the potential to go from worst to first. And the Rams, you never know. They could be decent. So there's no real extreme bottom feeder in this division like there are a lot of the other divisions. And San Francisco, like I said, I don't like their schedule after week like six, I think it was. So I could see them, you know, not only losing out on the division title, but maybe even a wild card. And if things don't go well or there's an injury or two, I could see him dropping the last in that division. So Scott has a mix of the Patriots, and then he popped up 49ers on us. My team most likely to go from first to worst was the 49ers. I have uh, no idea you picked. I'm sorry. I did not even look at the sheet. So 49ers, I agree with all the things <laughs> that Scott says. So oh, great bad. division. He just... I can't use any of these notes, can I, Scott? So I'll wing it just like Scott just wung it. Um, I will say Green Bay Packers. How's oh, that? I like that one. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks. Things could go south for them. I don't think that they will, but things could go south for them. The Vikings, I think, could win that division. Um, the Lions, we love the Lions. They could finish higher than the Packers. And we just don't know what's going to happen with the Bears. So that's the scary one for me. But if Aaron Rodgers has no wide receivers to throw it to, if he gets pulled, who knows what's going to happen with the Packers this year. I know they were 13-3 and last year, but they won a ton of close games, like within seven-point games. If that reverses, they could finish at the bottom. I'll go with them. I'll go with them, Scott. You can have the 49ers. <laughs> Um, okay, next jump award is the biggest disappointment. Who is going to be the biggest disappointment compared to the hype for this year? 
Matt, I keep starting with you. Would you like to begin again? I do, but I'm really uh, changing position on my pick here. And I have oh, yeah, Tampa I Bay it. Buccaneers. And I still think they're primed to disappoint this year. The hype could not be bigger. Because, yeah, the huge hype, major mm-hmm. signings, especially with Fournette there now. But maybe I'm falling victim to the hype because all of a sudden I'm kind of excited for Tampa Bay. But that's what it is. They are they have the biggest potential to disappoint this year. People are super super high on them. If I went another way, and let me make sure I'm not stealing from you guys. No, um, I'd say maybe Arizona Cardinals. People are getting pretty hyped about that offense with Drake, with Hopkins, mm-hmm. uh, with Kyler. I think they're going to be good, but I don't know if they're just going to really excel. I don't see them winning that division. I think it's either going to be the Niners. I still like the Niners or the Seahawks. So, um, yeah, I'll go with Arizona slash Tampa Bay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Scott, go have your biggest disappointment of the 2020 season. All right. So I've got Houston, but it looks like Danny has Baltimore. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about Baltimore real <laughs> Damn quick. Damn it. I've got Houston and that's I mean we know they have talent I mean we know they have a talented quarterback but now they don't have Hopkins but I do like Cooks so it is a downgrade there but I mean they won their division last year and they don't have as strong of a team I'm not sure what to think about them to be quite frank about it I could see them still competing for that division title or I could see them really going like six and 10 if their defense doesn't do well and their offense doesn't click because they yeah. don't, they don't have that like one guy that you're afraid of as a defense anymore. I totally agree. And the only reason I probably wouldn't have picked them as a total disappointment is because I'm not expecting a lot. I think anything, what the success they have will be a fun surprise for me. Yeah. Uh, my biggest disappointment, Scott mentioned a second ago, but I went full ham on this and said Baltimore. Uh, yeah, I know. I know, guys. Lamar Jackson is great. I love him. He won me a league last year. But they went 14-2 and two and then got trounced by the lowly Titans. JK, that was a beatdown. <laughs> and I just think that they're expect almost like a shoe in to make it to the AFC championship this year. I think that the Steelers are better than people are giving them credit for. I we talked about it at the end of the last show, like in Cincinnati, and I know they won two games last year, but I'm liking them. And Cleveland, we just don't know what Cleveland is. I know they're Cleveland, but bleh. So right now, because you picked two division winners in your first horse in your disappointment, do you think Baltimore has a better chance than San Francisco? Because San Francisco made it to the conference championship. Super the Super Bowl, yeah. The right. Super Bowl last year. And Baltimore. They would have if not for the Tennessee uh, Not for the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> They're still going to have to get past in the playoffs this year. So what's your question? Sorry. So what is your so question? So I guess you put uh, 49ers in first to worst and Baltimore just on biggest disappointment. Yeah. But would you be willing to flip-flop those or are you pretty sure that's how it should be? I don't see a scenario how Baltimore is going to finish last in their division like a fourth out of fourth and i think it's possible that the 49ers could slide that way so no i don't want to reverse it i think the north is going to be crazy more competitive than it has been in many years Mm -hmm. this year it's going to be fun to watch that's always been like until there's a lot of rivalry in that division they hate each other yeah i'm excited for the parody that i think is going to be there this year 
agree that NFC West is is probably going to be very competitive um, and has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the AFC North, Matt, why don't you lead us off with this last NFL team section chump award of the biggest surprise of the 2020 season? Biggest surprise! Um, I have the Cincinnati Bengals, and a lot of people just don't think they have enough pieces in place to do it this year. And I don't think that's true. I think, yeah, there's like some front office question marks, but uh, man, they just signed Joe Burrow. They made additions to their O-line to improve it for him and Mixon, who's healthy, and A.J. Green is back. Tyler Boyd looks great. This offense looks good. To level with you guys, I'm, I don't know how I feel about their defense right now, but I think they're going to improve a lot. They were 2-14 and 14 last year. I can easily see them being a 500 team this year. Yeah. I can easily see it. Um, and the, I'm just saying, this is going to be a very well-paired division, and it's going to be fun to watch. Fun football. Joe Burrow has been compared to like the best quarterback to come out like NFL ready since Andrew Luck. And when Andrew Luck took over the Colts, who I believe were also two and fourteen when they got Andrew Luck, didn't they go eight and eight the following year, or maybe seven and nine, nine and seven? He turned that around like that. I mean, why not? Why not? No, I think it's good. And you're not calling for them to win their division. You're just calling for them to surprise people. They won two games. Yeah, it's going to be tough for them to win this division, but I think it's going to be a very promising year for the Bengals, and like it's going to be awesome for their fans because they just got Burrow, and they just signed Mixon to a long-term deal, I guess long-term for running backs. It's going to be fun moving forward for Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Scott, give us your biggest surprise. So I have the Detroit Lions mm. for a lot of the reasons Matt mentioned, going from worst to first. Every single outlet that I looked at of, you know, predictions of rankings or standings and win-loss record and everything else, I was hard-pressed to find any that had Detroit more than 5-11. and 11. And like we said, we like a lot of aspects of their offense. It's just about the defense. Are they going to be able to keep teams from outscoring them? Looking at that division, it's just I'm not – sure about anybody else they could they could definitely sneak up on people and win some close games against teams like green bay who is kind of falling in my rankings and we know at chicago they surprised everyone last year going eight and eight but i don't think they're gonna be great this year and minnesota i'm not sure they're gonna run away with it or anything like that so detroit could very easily i feel like sneak up on people when they're being counted out right now Talk about a division where everybody hates each other. Um, there's a lot yeah. of rivalry in this one. Sounds like Scott's drinking the Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid, too. So <laughs> we'll be having some fun this year. <laughs> is that the official color of the Detroit Lions, the Honolulu Blue? Oh, yes, it is. Oh, so badass. <laughs> How Are we going to have to cancel this podcast if Detroit goes 0-16? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's how it happens every year. You get hyped before the season. And then, like, last year, they win, like, the first three for you, and it all goes downhill. Ooh. My biggest surprise is the Carolina Panthers. I think that with the new coach, new quarterback, new system, new everything, really tough division is kind of sending them down. Like everyone is assuming they're going to finish fourth in the division. And you know, they might, I think that they're going to be a better team all around. I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to show that he can be 
a franchise quarterback. They have the best running back in the game. They have one of the best wide receivers in DJ Moore. But is there a more competitive division than the NFC South? Let's talk about that. That's my biggest surprise. Let's move on to that. I mean, we talk about a lot of competitive divisions, but Falcons, Panthers, Saints, and Bucks, goo. Yeah, I mean, there's just not really a turd in that bunch. Um, I think, like we mentioned earlier, NFC West could be very competitive, but I think Rams are going to take a notch down this. I think Rams are going to finish last in that one. I don't see them really surprising me. Oh, we just said the the NFC North. I think that that's going to be really competitive too, but at a lower like like ability. Like it's going to be competitive, and the final standings are going to be really really close. But they're going to be a crappier group than the two (laughs) divisions we just named. Would you agree on that? I would. I would say Chicago is just the crap out of that bunch. But they like we just eight eight. (laughs) They went eight and eight last year. Why can't they do that again? (laughs) So. I don't yeah. think there's anywhere I just like each team as much as the NFC South. Can't say I love Carolina as much, but I do like Bridgewater. I think they have an opportunity to find something that works there. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk about the AFC East. Is there a division you guys are less interested in than the AFC East? The Jets, Dolphins, Patriots, and Bills? I said, like always. I, I mean, that's the- typical of every season. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the quality of that division outside of New England is why New England was just a shoe in for the division champ mm-hmm. like every yeah. year. Yeah, uh, but I think the Bills could finally take the reins in this division, and that would be fun. Mm-hmm. But I don't see anything happening for the Jets or Dolphins for a while. Let's take a break, guys, before we get into the actual fantasy football standouts in the Baby Bubba section of the Chump Awards. What do you guys say? I could use a beer. Yes. All right, guys, we will be right back. Welcome back to the Chumps and Champs Fantasy Football Podcast. Scott just ate a whole meal on that break. Um, hope you did. Hope you did too. But we we're doing it is nine thirty at night, and we take the break. And Scott <laughs> goes, "I haven't eaten today." And we're like, "You haven't you haven't eaten like the last like four Ooh. hours?" And he's like, "No, just all day." Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, why don't you slam something, buddy, so we can get back to the Chump Awards. Yeah, my schedule's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Chump Awards still left to do, guys. Um, seven different sections. We're each going to put a chump out there to win the award. The fantasy standout section and the baby bubba section. We'll get to what those mean. But let's get right into it. Surprise fantasy player of the year. Now, we started with Matt over and over and over last time. Scott, you begin. Who is your surprise fantasy player of the year? This isn't as fun as I would like to be, but I put Tom Brady. And Swamp? that's because I was I was looking at this in terms of literally when the season ended last year, where would I have put him in the rankings as opposed to drafting? Would I have even thought about drafting him? Then he goes to Tampa Bay. Things look great, wide receivers. Then Gronk comes into the mix, and now they add Leonard Fournette. Now he is in my top, like, eight quarterbacks because of all the weapons around him, and it just seems like from where I thought he was going to be, 
he would be a huge surprise for me if he were to finish in like the top five or six quarterbacks. But now I don't think that's unrealistic by any means with that team and what they've got around him. So I know it's not as fun of a pick as some, but where I thought he was going to be and where I think he is now, that's why he's a huge surprise to me. Scott, would you take he's Tom Brady old. over? <laughs> would you take Tom Brady right now if you're drafting today? Uh, Tom Brady over Matt Ryan. Don't you don't say it. <laughs> his close. Those two are, I, I think I'd go with Ryan, but it's, it's not a big separation by any means. Uh, Tom Brady or Drew Brees. Uh, Come on. Drew Brees is better than Matt. Ryan. <laughs> you are breaking Matt's heart right I now. Know, I know. Tom I know. Tom Brady I'm, or Philip Rivers. I go Tom Brady over Phil. Oh, about, right. about, I'm just uh, looking at the weapons with Ryan. He's got obviously Julio and Ridley. But man, he's listed off the greatest and Hayden Hurst, right? And but Todd yeah, Gurley. I mean, would you? Are, are Brady's weapons not just as good? Evans, Godwin, yeah. and Gronk, yeah. and now Fournette. They are. They are so really good. Just as, he's just a system quarterback, though. <laughs> <laughs> God, this guy. Uh, Matt, give us your surprise fantasy player of the year. My surprise fantasy player of the year is Matt Breida. I think there is always that diamond in the rough running back each year that if you figure out who that is, you're going to have a great fantasy year. Everybody's expecting Jordan Howard to at least start the year with the main duties in Miami. Maybe he starts the year, but I think Breida comes in and trumps this role. Um, He's been such a talented running back when he's on the field. He has to stay healthy. He's going so cheap, though, in drafts. Grab him. I think it's RB39 right now, uh, overall ADP, like over 100. You can get him late in drafts. He's not going to cost you shit. And he could end up being a real workhorse running back for you. Uh, so I like the upside of Matt Breida. What do you think of, Matt, what do you think of Jordan Howard's fantasy impact this year then? If, you're, if you are this big on Matt Breida, what do you expect from Jordan Howard? And what do you expect the splits and maybe you don't have to explain like what the splits we're going to be but what do you expect out of jordan howard this year is he draftable then see i don't expect much and as much as i just talked about brita having injury issues so has jordan howard i don't think jordan howard is going to be startable after x amount of weeks i don't see it happening hey okay and i mean yeah he had those great years but he is consistently gone down each year in fantasy you like 16 1300 yards 17 1100 yards 18 900 yards 19 500 yards he this year with a lot less games last year but his his stats are going down his yards per attempt are going down to 5.2 4.1 3.7 everything is going down receptions going down everything he he's on his way out jordan howard isn't what he was so and Matt Breida has shown that he can do it I really like Matt Breida a lot more than Jordan Howard in Miami my surprise fantasy player of the year is running back Cam Akers of the LA Rams this is my mentality when it comes to Cam Akers Surprise player. So he is not the guy yet in the LA Rams backfield because there's still Henderson there and there's still Malcolm Brown there. Henderson is, I think he's going to start week one, but there was a, there were red flags coming up in the past week of, Oh, we don't know if Henderson's going to be ready. 
if that were the case, if he, even if he's close, I do not expect Henderson to have a huge role, at least at the beginning of the year, which means know, everything, makers. I was say, everything I saw was Akers has kind of shown himself as at least the 1A over there. I don't think Henderson is slated to be the quote-unquote starter at the mm-hmm. beginning of the year at all. Maybe a bit of a split workload. Yeah, I think that I, at the beginning of the year, I think it's going to be split workload. I don't think it's going to take that long for them to realize what they have in Cam Akers. He's filling in the Todd Gurley role there in L.A., and I'm not projecting him to be like the Todd Gurley numbers of when he gets a million touchdowns or anything like that. But I think next year, this time next year, when we're talking about fantasy drafts, I'm betting you that Cam Akers is going to be in the top 12 of running backs off the board because he's going to show that well. And by the end of the year, he's going to be the guy. I'm glad. I think I got him in both my keeper leagues fairly late. And if he does really break out, I think he's going to be a bargain for me in those leagues to keep next year. The big, one of the big negatives in LA is their offensive line is just atrocious. But Cam Akers played at Florida State, and they had possibly the worst offensive line in NCAA football history last year. They were con- like they hand him the ball. You watch footage of it. They hand him the ball, and immediately he's got four guys in front of him, and he's like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me!" <laughs> and he was like, bounce to the edge and get and like make it into a zero or like plus one yardage thing. And it's like that was amazing what he just did. What I will say, the, the benefit there, though, is that L.A. is a pass-happy team. They're going to be putting the ball in the air a lot and spreading it around, and what that's going to do is keep players out of the box, keep the defense honest, and that's what might help Akers out, even with a poor O-line. Um, is, that, is that what they want the defense to think? That's Enter what the whole Akers. game is about. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it, our surprise player of the years. Let's get negative. What do you, guys, you guys want to get real bummed out? Busted I hate these guys. Oh, okay. Busts of the year. Here we go. Danny, why don't you go first? Who's your okay. biggest bust? Oh, I want to know. Please. I want to know right now. Speaking of Tom Brady being surprised by year, my bust of the year is wide receiver Mike Evans. Now, when we say bust of the year, we're not saying they're going to be worthless. Obviously, Mike Evans is start as draftable, and you should draft him and start him. But for where he's going, he's going what? T- uh, sometimes sixth wide receiver off the board, seventh. I do not see the situation in Tampa Bay being that great for Mike Evans this year. Chris Godwin is emerging as the 1A. You've got, as Scott pointed out, Rob Gronkowski, who's Tom Brady's favorite guy. So for the short time that he's healthy, eyes are going to be on him. I think there's a lot of mouths to feed. I don't think Mike Evans is going to return value at his current ADP. And that's why I think he's going to be a bust. I think it's more likely that he finishes closer to wide receiver 15 to 20 than he does up there at six or seven. And that's why I think if you draft him ahead of people like, for instance, Kenny Galladay or Allen Robinson, it's a big mistake. And that's why I think he's going to let you down compared to where he's going right now. What do you guys think about that? I agree. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think his value is where he's going. I don't know how far he's going to drop. We might have a little difference in that. I think I'd still take Mike Do, Evans uh, over Robinson, but I agree that I don't think he's going to return the value where he's going. Do you have food in your mouth? Me? No. <laughs> <laughs> we told you. <laughs> 
Scott hasn't eaten all day. He slams food, and then he's like, I'm done. I'm done eating. We can start the show again. I'm like, okay, cool. And then he just slides another chip into his mouth. <laughs> well, I muted while I chewed. If Matt would have said anything, what I didn't a even dick. <laughs> okay. So while Scott finishes eating, Matt, why don't you give us your bust of the year? This shouldn't be a surprise to our listeners. <laughs> um, my bust of the year is Kenyon Drake. Ugh. Um, I absolutely don't think he's going to return value where he's getting drafted. I think he's middle, early second round, right? Would that be correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Beginning of the second round. Yeah, yeah for beginning sure. Of the second round. Um, I just, I don't see it. Um, first of all, like, he has been garbage in the past he he's never sniffed a thousand rushing yards even when he had his quote-unquote amazing like second half of the year last year in Arizona he's I think when he was in Miami he had 500 600 yards rushing uh average yards per attempt but nothing special um and just because he had two amazing games in Arizona against piss poor rush defenses all of a sudden we're supposed to think that this guy has changed and he is an early second round pick. No, that's bullshit. And second easy, of all, easy guy. <laughs> oh my word. Oh, he's getting worked up. <laughs> yeah. And sweating over here. I think uh, right now isn't the word he's been injured because of his foot and he's close to returning to full practices. So do I want an unproven running back who had a couple decent games on a new, sorry, I shouldn't say decent, a couple huge games, stellar on games who's now ha- dealing with a foot injury, which are the most lingering injuries, I think, in fantasy football. Uh, no, I don't want any any shares of Kenyon Drake. I not only think that he's not going to return value, I think he is going to be a total bust this year in fantasy. I'm staying away from Kenyon Drake. So for all the champs out there, just so you're aware, um, he does not speak for all three of us because I love Kenyon Drake this year. <laughs> and we're not going to get into a Kenyon Drake argument for the seventh time on this show. <laughs> Um, if you listen to our episodes, Matt. you wouldn't have to know that. Right. This is Matt's time. We're going to let Matt have his time. <laughs> Scott, go ahead and give us your bust of the year. So I took the same approach as Matt with where, where they're gonna going. They're going to get that worked up and sweaty? <laughs> uh, no, not quite that much. But just the, well, I guess we're both. It, it's not like, like you said, they're not undraftable. It's not like they don't have value. But I have no faith that Austin Eckler is going to be an RB1 for your fantasy team this year. And I know this is something I've mentioned in several episodes, but I just don't think he's going to be the three-down back for the entire season. I think he's phenomenal in the pass-down catch guy as well as change of pace and puts up great numbers if there's somebody else there to Less than the load, I guess you could say. And I know he did great after Gordon left, but I don't think it was a full season. Again, that team's not going to be a great team, and I just don't see him returning production where he's going. I would love him as like a flex plate, maybe an RB2, but to take him in the second round, I, there's no part of me that would do that. That's what I've always called him, a pass-down catch guy. And I agree. I think Joshua Kelly or Justin Jackson are going to uh, compete for those early down touches. I, I don't think it's going to be that bad. I, I would put him after a ton of – this is – I take it back. This is Scott's time. 
<laughs> that's fine say what you have to say man <laughs> no. say it now i think he's at the end of that group there's a big group of like the nick chubb josh jacobs kenny drake all them aaron jones and i think heckler falls towards the ends there and end there all right let's get into the category of player you could be most wrong about now this category i'll preface it with we've had a lot of strong opinions on this show over the past 20 four, three, four episodes. So who is the player that at the end of the season, you, you are most worried you're going to go, oh, crap, I got that totally wrong. I'll start us off. I very, very easily could be wrong about Amari Cooper, wide receiver of Dallas Cowboys. I have said in the past that I'm not a fan of him. I, he probably will be on zero of my teams because I just can't get over the extreme roller coaster of emotions he puts you through with his 240 yards and three touchdowns zero targets 190 it's just everywhere and it's not just last year it's multiple years in a row of of him just disappearing when you need him and then destroy i mean he will win you weeks and this doesn't go for best ball because best ball he's a great pick but at the end of the year if he works it out because he's a great wide receiver this could be the year where all of a sudden he evens this shit out and becomes a fantastic star. And then I have him ranked insanely low and everyone's like, why did, did you hate Amari Cooper when he's clearly the best wide receiver in the game? And I'm going to look like a moron. What do you guys think of Amari Cooper? Agree. He has the talent to be a stud wide receiver. So if he gets consistent targets, um, and he's consistently on the field. He That's the big be, thing, too, on, on the field. Yeah, he could be a big fantasy player this year, but we just haven't seen in the past. So I understand why you have your concerns. Thanks, man. Uh, Matt, give us your player. You could be most wrong about. I am just not very big on Aaron Jones this year. He is, what, considered RB12 right now. Um, and I don't see it. There's so many guys around there that I would rather have before him. Let's see, uh, Aaron Jones, you can get Joe Mixon before him or Miles Sanders right after him. Yes and yes compared to Aaron Jones. The team doesn't seem to have much confidence with, the, with him with drafting A.J. Dillon, who has a similar skill set, who was a second-round draft pick, so he's probably going to see the field a decent amount, take away some of Aaron Jones' carries, and especially some of the goal line carries. And let's look at Aaron Jones' stats. Like He barely cracked 1,000 yards last year for the first time. What he did do exceptionally well was get 19 TDs. So if you take away a large fraction of those TDs, he's not second-round draft-worthy running back. But all that aside, I don't like him this year. I could be totally wrong. He's done in the past, and Green Bay has shown faith in the past, and they could, they could squat Dylan on the bench. They want to be a run-first team. So it might fall Aaron Jones's way. I'm yeah. still not going to own shares. Yeah, I, I get it. And I think that's a really good player for this category because Aaron Jones, I haven't drafted him yet. I personally like Aaron Jones as a running back. When you watch him, he's really, really good. But something about the, did he have what, 117 touchdowns last year or something like that? That's going to, it's going like, <laughs> to, I think it was 19 seem, touchdowns. Yeah. They just don't seem to like their good players. I mean, they, they don't even like Aaron Rodgers. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. So I think you're right. The usage scares me but if they do use him it's like oh shit why didn't i draft aaron jones and he only like he wasn't way used last year he had a 236 uh rushing attempts which isn't the most we've seen like i said he barely cracked a thousand yards 
but he really excelled with TDs, which was doing great in the end zone and just getting those barely squeaking the ball in touchdowns. Do you have his stats in front of you? I have very limited stats. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Because I, I thought towards the end of the year, he was getting a lot of passing work, like a lot of he targets. Had 49 receptions on the year, which I wouldn't say That's is a ton, good. but that is, I always say, like, you, you crack 50 or right around 50, and I'm happy with you in half PPR. Um, yeah. He I did have almost 500 reception yards. So you tack that onto the 1,000 rushing yards, or I think that exceeds 1,500 all-purpose yards. That's Great. a good year. That's great. Yeah. If you're getting him where he's your RB2 and he puts up any kind of number similar to that, I mean, man, that could be a big steal. Well, the Mm -hmm. problem is you're getting him as your RB2 in the second round, which means you're passing on uh, a wide receiver one stud that are usually going in the second round. So, yeah. I mean, you could get a similar running back two in the third round and get one of those stud wide receivers in the second so that's where the trade-off is yeah we've seen in our drafts though man running backs are going early though would you they are hot would you take aaron jones i know no one's gonna take aaron jones over the top five wide receivers right julio jones and hopkins and hill and all them would you take aaron jones or chris godwin when you're on the clock i don't like either okay Okay. Well, it's the same reason that you have concerns about Evans is I'm not sure how things are going to shake out there in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. I love Godwin's talent and what I've seen out of him. I'm just, I'm just a little scared. Okay, Aaron um, Jones or prob- Austin Eckler? Ew, ew. Yeah. I I, I'll just take Miles Sanders or Mixon. <laughs> no, no, no. Like no, I already no. said. You're cheating that on the game. wasn't the question, Matt. <laughs> Wait, yeah. The people want to know. They're sitting there at the end of the second round, middle of the second round. They're like, I really like both these guys. Uh, uh, George Kittle. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Matt's not going to play. So. Aaron Jones, definitely. Yeah, I think Aaron, Aaron Jones. Jones in that situation, too. Okay. Scott, take us home in this category. Player you could be most wrong about. All right, so this is a guy we haven't talked a tremendous amount about because I don't think I value him high enough to mention him that much, but he could be very relevant by the end of the season, and that's Daniel Jones, the quarterback of the Giants. That team is just, I've never been crazy about them. I know Saquon Barkley is a stud. We know that the receiving core had a lot of injuries last year, and that's what makes me wonder if everybody's healthy and everything I've read, all the experts seem to think he's got great talent. He's showing progression. That team is going to get better and better. I just have not interested, are you? I just don't know. And that's it's one of those where he's still probably one of those guys who you can pick up in a lot of leagues. So I feel like a lot of people would be wrong about him, not just me. <laughs> but I could I see him fumbling down, man. Yeah. There's a lot of hype about him with his potential and where he could be. I'm just not buying it yet. Again, the Giants haven't been great for a while, so until they show me something for him to be a week-to-week starter type of guy, and yeah, I'm just not looking at him. But like I said, a lot of hype with the experts about his potential and his talent to where he might be a guy in the near future or maybe this year, which would obviously make me very wrong about him. In one QB leagues, is anybody taking him? Like, off, is, is he anything more than a streamer? I guess maybe a bench uh, if you want to roster two QBs. If you do, if I'm rostering two, then he's in that he's in that realm. So I'm looking at the Giants' depth chart right now, and I just want to mention that their second and third string quarterbacks have probably the 
the combo two coolest names out of any quarterbacks in the NFL. <laughs> Second string is Colt McCoy, which we all know him, and that's a great name. Mm-hmm. Third quarterback is Cooper Rush, which is a great oh, name. That is another great <laughs> name, yeah. And Daniel Jones is boring as shit. Okay, well, last section of the Chump Awards is the Baby Bubba section. Dan, can is, you explain what a baby Bubba is? Your baby Bubba is your best friend. You're the, the, the guy that you will stick with no matter what. He's your baby Bubba. And mm-hmm. we're going to break down our quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight ends for the 2020 season. They're our guys that we have loved unconditionally from the beginning, and we will until the end of the season. They're our baby Bubbas. Is that, that's, that's, a, that's a good explanation. That's a, that's a kind of a crappy like explanation. It. Okay. We're going to start with the quarterbacks. Unconditional love. Unconditional <laughs> love, unless they do something stupid, then they're dead to us. So I guess that's conditional love of when you put. So we're going to start with the quarterbacks. I will start us off because I'm going to, and I'm going to go with Matthew Stafford of the Detroit Lions. Easy. Sitting in my heart. Always and forever. This guy is always so good. He always puts up the stats. Last year, they let him loose finally. And he was on pace for 5,000 yards and I think 40 touchdowns, maybe 38 touchdowns. I mean, they're like, go for it, man. He goes, you got it, guys. And then he started whipping that thing around and they did fine. And then he got hurt and he was out for the rest of the season. The Lions tanked after that. I think now that Stafford's back, he's got Kenny Galladay, he's got Marvin Jones, he's got TJ Hawkinson, and he may have their next running back there, and they're going to go for it. They're going to have to score points too, remember, guys. Their defense is not very good. I made the joke about the Lions scoring, winning the games 50-49. to 49. I think that's going to have to happen, and Matthew Stafford is going to be the guy. I think he's going way too late in drafts. I love him. I love Matthew Stafford too. Um, just because he already snaked him, I had to go with my baby Bubba, and that is Drew Brees. Um, I've been talking about him since like week one of this podcast, and a lot of people are overlooking him, I guess, because he's old. Even though some people still like Tom Brady, um, Scott. but <laughs> uh, I just want to point out this offense is a passing offense. They got Michael Thomas, they got uh, Alvin Kamara, they got a number of pieces out here to help out Drew Brees, and he's always been great he always hit around like 5,000 yards in his earlier seasons and he's he's come down a bit but now he averages around like low 4,000 yards um, last year he was on pace for like 4,500 yards the really important thing is he was on pace for like 40 TDs yeah that's which, the one man which would have broke his record on TDs if I'm looking at things correctly I think his highest ever was 39 um this really he's never hit 40 touchdowns I, 13 he had 39 tds oh wow yeah i think that was his highest um but i think there's a good chance this offense is great and they want to win a super bowl they keep coming up shy because <laughs> the refs keep just <laughs> taking it away from them. i mean they're they're not gonna let off the throttle now um breeze is a gamer he's gonna keep getting out there and competing i think he's he's easily gonna have 4,500 passing yards and 35 passing TDs this year. I'm saying it it. now. I love it. I'm going to stick by his side. I think he's got it. He's a gamer. That is your baby Bubba. That is what a baby Bubba is. is Drew Brees to Matt Frederick. All right, Scott, give us your quarterback. I'm going with Phil Rivers. I love Phil Rivers this year. That team 
has done a lot. I don't know what their defense is going to be, which is a little concerning, but it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Middle of the road type situation. Upper middle. Yeah, but they doesn't have, matter. The defense lets up points. They got to throw more, right? Exactly. I know Matt's talked about their offense line being one of the best in the league, if not the best in Indy, which Phil Rivers has not had ever when he has been a Charger, obviously his entire career. And just to rattle off his stats by yards since 2008, 4,000, 4,200, 4,700, 4,600, 44, 42, 47, 43, 45, 43, 46. He's had one year below 4,000 yards since 2008, which is insane. And again, I know he had to throw a lot in the Chargers, but – He's still a throwing quarterback. So I don't see him as a quarterback who's going to, who was Game great manage. and then kind of fizzle out if this is his last year. Like I know Manning won a Super Bowl in his last year, but his Hell stats yeah. his last year, obviously not real good. I think Phillip Rivers, if this ends up being his last year, he's going to put up stats that are going to be great and very in line what he's done with every year. And he's got great talent around him. And I am going to go down with Phil Rivers this year. If he doesn't show up, I'll be very disappointed. Mm-hmm. That works. I like Phil Rivers. I love all of our three baby Bubba quarterbacks. Yeah. I do too. All right, let's get into the running back baby Bubbas. Uh, mine is Josh Jacobs. I love him this year. I loved him last <laughs> year, and he was awesome. Now all they're talking about this year is getting him more involved in the passing game. They want him in that 50 or 60 receptions, which is really, really good, especially since he's the guy. They talk about that, that they want him having more receptions, even though they have Lynn, Lynn Bowden, I believe is his name, and uh, Jalen Richard still on the team. They're going to have to use Jacobs a ton because their wide receiving depth is not very good. I know they got Darren Waller, but this team is going to run through Josh Jacobs, and I bet you – Next year, I talked about who did I talk about Cam Akers being a top 12 pick next year. I bet you Josh Jacobs is going to be a top five pick next year because of how good he's going to do this year. What do you mm-hmm. say to that? What do you say to that? It's a pretty good statement. <laughs> I don't know. Fine. Okay. Uh, go ahead, Matt. What is your baby Bubba running back? My baby Bubba running back is Todd Gurley, and I've gotten a lot of sh- shares of Todd Gurley this year. I think he's going at a great spot in the draft, and we all know Todd Gurley's talented. He's shown it before. It's a, it's a bit of a roller coaster with Todd Gurley because he's gone through uh, some injuries, some uh, some city changes on the same team, this and that. But I think he landed in a great spot in Atlanta. I love the fact that the Rams are still paying for him to play. Yeah, um, that's amazing. <laughs> this is a high scoring offense. They're gonna get. Gurley in the end zone and he's shown that he can get it done on the ground and in the air in the past and he's just a great half PPR running back he's going to get a decent amount of catches a decent amount of yards in the air he's going to get TDs where it counts Um, this offense is full of a bunch of first round talent and I love them this year (laughs) so I I have shares of Atlanta's offense in every league whether it's with Gurley or somebody else but Gurley may be my favorite I can't say that. Julio Jones, I like a lot too. But uh, right with with his ADP, Todd Gurley is my baby Bubba running back. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. And Matt, your love of Todd Gurley has 
made you feel better about taking wide receivers early, hasn't it? Because you know you can get Gurley sometimes in the fourth round. Yeah, I've, I think I've always uh, taken that approach, or I've always been keen to taking the wide receivers early and finding values on a running back. Sometimes it puts you in the boat of I'm scraping to grab people off the waiver wire and see how they pan out. But uh, I like it. I like to I like to fight and struggle through the year. So <laughs> I love the struggle the entire four months. Makes you uh, feel like you achieved something at the end. Scott, I just noticed on our show doc that your running back is who it is. So go ahead. Yeah, I'm real excited for this one. Give I it to us. It. I, I, <laughs> I, I know mean, you did. I always loved Leonard Fournette. Obviously, a little bit of a Jacksonville bias there. But after I saw the news that he's on Tampa Bay, I like it even more. I am a full on board that he's going to be the lead back there. Bell cow back. I don't have faith in the other guys. No matter what Arian says, I don't believe it. <laughs> I think he just wants the other guys to still compete. That dumb asshole and, doesn't know what he's talking yeah. about. <laughs> I mean, you don't bring in a guy who's put up the numbers Fournette has done the last several years to go, yeah, we'll give you the ball sometimes. <laughs> it's just not how it works. So I I love him regardless, but I think his situation just improved dramatically on a team that has so many weapons that they can't stack the box against him. Finally, they, they're on a team with a quarterback and great wide receiver and tight end ability. So those lanes are going to open up significantly from what he's used to. So I think his ability and potential just goes through the roof now that he's on Tampa Bay. Like it. I like it. All right. Let's get into our wide receiver, baby Bubba's. Mine, you guys already know this, uh, DJ Moore. I, <laughs> actually, I love This is my time. <laughs> <laughs> I love DJ Moore. I think he's going to be a star. I keep talking about this time next year, but this time next year, man, he's going to be top eight. I'm telling you, he's going to get a ton of targets. I think McCaffrey's role is going to come down a little bit. It has to because it cannot, they cannot sustain Christian McCaffrey getting as many targets, touches in general. And I think DJ Moore is going to pick up the pieces of that. DJ Moore can go long. He can do short stuff too. And he can do slants and screens. And Teddy Bridgewater has in the past been very conservative with his passing and he's very accurate, which makes things even better for DJ Moore. Uh, and I already mentioned in my biggest surprise that Carolina is going to be better than we think. I think Moore's going to be a part of it. I love him. Absolutely love him. And you can get him at like the end of the fourth round in drafts and he could be a wide receiver one. I think he will be a wide receiver one, a top half. Um, I love him. So Matt, give us your wide receiver, baby Bubba. My wide receiver baby Bubba is Kenny Galladay. That's um, so good. That's such a good one, dude. Mm, I love him. I'm a big Lions fan uh, for my NFC team. Uh, but what I really like about Kenny Galladay is where he's going in the draft. Uh, I think he's about wide receiver seven, maybe eight in your rankings. What I think is really interesting is you look at six through ten. So those, that second group of five wide receivers Godwin, Galladay, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, and Juju Smith-Schuster. There is only one out of that group that I wouldn't be surprised if somehow he finished number one overall this year, and that is Kenny Galladay. Um, he's an incredibly talented wide receiver. 
and he's on a team who were already hyped about their offense this year. He found the end zone easily last year, and that was without Stafford for the majority of the year. So bringing a healthy Stafford, a better team, a better winning culture, Kenny Galladay could easily be the wide receiver one in fantasy this year. I, I guess I shouldn't say easily. I wouldn't be surprised, though, <laughs> if that happened. Um, yeah. Definitely my baby Bubba. Yeah. No, I'm a big Galladay fan as well. I had a really tough time in one of the drafts. I think it was the Frederick League draft of Kenny Galladay versus Chris Godwin. And it was, like, heart-wrenching. And I ended up going with Godwin, but it did not feel good. I feel like everything's a little safer with Galladay. Mm-hmm. But as I mentioned earlier, Godwin is a very talented receiver. And if things go correctly, I'll say, in Tampa Bay, he'll have a great season too. Scott, your wide receiver, baby Bubba. All right. My guy, I guess, is the only non-number one wide receiver here. I've got Calvin Ridley. I've talked a lot about him in the episodes previous. I think it is a bit of a time of the changing of the guard. I still love Julio, and I know his abilities, his talent, and everything else. I just think Calvin Ridley is going to have a Godwin-type season of last year where everyone kind of focuses a little more on the bigger guy for the end zone looks, you know, like they did with Mike Evans. And then, like, Godwin kind of just, blew up I think with the season that Ridley had last year he showed his potential it's only going to get better it's a team that's going to be throwing the ball a lot and I just think he is going to be their future star in Atlanta if he's not my baby Bubba who else would be like I I said I I predicted I think this year he's going to end up finishing with more fantasy points than Julio Still sticking with it, baby. The last category of the Chump Awards <laughs> is uh, tight end, baby Bubba. And I will start off by saying Jonu Smith of the Tennessee Titans. I think he is going to be a star this year. I know that this team runs through Derrick Henry, but so does every other team in the league. They know that the Titans run through Derrick Henry. A.J. Brown in the passing game is going to be a star. Maybe he already is. That's fine. John Smith is going to get double digit touchdowns this year and he is going to rack up short yards, short distance receptions, a ton of targets, a lot of rece- like he's going as the 16th or 17th tight end off the board. I have him in my top 10. All right. Um, so right now I will admit that I think there's a good chance for John Smith to finish as receiver number two on the Titans this year but do we want to make a little bit of a bet with how much I've been talking up Corey Davis this year? It we can make like a, a bet, a bet take. right now. <laughs> um, do you think Johnny Smith will finish with more fantasy points than Corey Davis this year? In what format? Uh, half PPR. Perfect. Yes, give me it. I don't know why that would have mattered. I would have said yes no matter what. I, just <laughs> wanted, to, I wanted to clarify what it was. Um, absolutely. Yes, hammer yes on that for me. Let's do so it. You, we'll, yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll lock it into log, the bets. Log, yeah, yeah, now. you log it in. Log it in. I assume the typical uh, six-pack, or do you want to throw like a couple spicier peppers on there? I mean, because we know how I'm good you not, are at no, uh, Oh, my God, yeah. we got to get, So COVID is really putting a damper on me. So he goes, no, because that never together. happens. Yeah, we got to get together and do that. It was hard to do because uh, of that. But, yes, lock it in. Four-pack citywide, do it. 
Um, while you're type, how about this? While he's logging that in, Scott, you give us your tight end, baby Bubba. So he is one of the top guys, which again, unfortunately, makes it a little exciting. But I love Mark Andrews. I had him above Ertz, literally by the end of the last season. After you read my article, no, yeah. sure. Just say yes. Guys. Yeah, yeah, Danny, you're so smart. Thanks, man. <laughs> I think he is going to be. One of those guys you're looking for in the early rounds, kind of how you're looking at Kelsey and Kittle now. Give him another year or maybe two, and if he keeps doing what he's doing, I think he's going to be that guy. He's clearly their red zone look, and I know they added a you know draft pick of Duvernay, who I like in Baltimore, but I still think Mark Andrews is the biggest threat in terms of their passing offense. I think he's still going to put up the numbers. I think he's going to be very, very relevant for week-to-week play on that offense. And I have him in one of my leagues again, and I'm super excited about it. I like him all year, every week. I don't see the downside with that offense. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a fine pick. Matt, take us home, man. You guys last know who Trump my award. baby Bubba tight end is is Hayden Hurst, and although I failed to record one share of him in my drafts, I'll stand by that. <laughs> That's a he, bummer. I I didn't get Johnny yeah. Smith in a single league, and it's like, come on, man. Yeah, I actually got Johnny in two leagues, so I'm sharing Trade? that love Trade? with you. I'll, I'll I'll listen to trades. I also didn't get Drew Brees in any leagues. Um, I think the, the he was just getting a little too hyped for me. Uh, did get some girly. I don't think I got any Galladay either. But getting back on Hayden Hurst. Sorry, sorry. Um, go ahead. But I think Hayden Hurst just has a lot of good things working for him. He was a first round draft pick. He's in his third year. He's on a great offense. Blah 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 blah. I think things are lining up for a breakout from Hurst. Uh, you guys have heard it all before, and he's shooting up draft boards. He's definitely a creeper. So everybody knows you're gonna have to take him a little bit earlier than a month or two ago. But I still, I'm still going to stand by him. I still think he's going to have a great fantasy season. Yeah. No, I like Hayden Hurst a lot too. And I think I liked him. And then like 10 episodes ago, Matt really convinced me. And then I took him way too, maybe not way too early, but I think we nailed it, guys. This is correct. Everything I'm looking at over here is correct. But that does it, guys. Episode 24 is in the books. 23? Yes, sir. 24. Episode 24 is in the books, and we are seven days away from kickoff. That's amazing. Oh, what oh do the, uh, the champs and chumps have to look forward to next week, Danny? Great question. So early next week, we are going to dig into our playoff picks, our Super Bowl picks. Um, it's kind of an NFL general preview of the entire season of what we think is going to happen, what we want to see happen, all that good stuff. And our first ever Thursday night preview is coming on Monday, or I guess by the time you listen to it, it'll be Tuesday, but early next week, we'll do our first ever preview episode. And I believe that'll have stardom sitems, um, some DFS picks, and even our uh, weekly pickums that I believe we're going to start up, right, boys? Oh, yeah. We're going to start weekly pickums, um, potentially even confidence pool level stuff, but we're going to give you everything you need now that your drafts are probably going to be over. God, I would imagine they would be over since the 
season starts in a couple of There's days. There's only a few people that draft the day before the season starts. Yeah. Those people are fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Scott and I are two of them. Go to chumpsandchampspodcast.com to find our content, our articles, our rankings, past shows. Find us on Instagram, Twitter. We there. Like and share our stuff on Facebook. Thank you guys so much for supporting this podcast. All of us really, really appreciate it. And we'll see you next week for week one preview week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, boy. See you later, champs. <laughs> <laughs>